passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. All right, welcome into At The Turn. This is going to be a very Tiger-centric podcast. He gets win number 82 at the Zozo Championship, tying Sam Snead for the most PGA Tour wins of all time. We'll also touch on some other things. A South Korean golfer gets a little bit of a reprieve from the governor. Brooks withdraws. Want to talk about PGA Tour in the winter. But Nick, we got to start with Tiger Woods, man. Yeah, Tiger Woods, win number 82. Joe, this makes, I know you're going to uh, be surprised at this, three PGA Tour seasons in a row in which Tiger Woods has a win. Sure about that? I am. Okay, tell me. Well, he won the Tour Championship, which was a couple seasons ago. (laughs) Last season, he won the Masters. And then now, in the 2019-20 season, he won the coveted Zozo Championship. Three seasons in a row. He's got a victory. Okay. So Tiger won three events in the span of, what, 15 months? Like 13, 14, yeah. And we're calling those three separate seasons, technically, because he won. I'm just saying what I'm just going by the letter of the law, man. It's true. So the Tour Championship was at the very end of the 2017-2018 season. The Masters was... In 2019, but part of the 2018-2019 season, the Zozo Championship is at the very beginning of the 2019-2020 PGA Tour season. Hey, Tiger, he's a pack his bags for Hawaii. He's going back to the Mercedes Championship (laughs) in 2021. Is that how this works? It might be. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, we're, we're getting bogged down in stuff that doesn't matter. What does matter is that there is two members of the 82 Club, Tiger Woods and Slammon. Sammy Snead. Now, I personally don't really think that Tiger Woods getting to 83 or being the most prolific PGA Tour winner necessarily changes much about my opinion of him in his career. I'm just happy to see him playing golf, and it's exciting to see him competing at the highest level, 
winning events. Obviously, the Masters win is number one out of those three that we mentioned in importance and excitement. But it is not insignificant that Tiger is now tied with Snead. Presumably, he'll pass him sometime in the not-too-distant future. What do you think about this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if we're ranking the three wins of the comeback, um, the Masters win, obviously, that's going to be the number one because it's a major, it's the Masters, it, it's it's the one you associate with Tiger. But all three are very significant. Um, the Tour Championship, not because it's the Tour Championship, but because it's the one where he got a win and we all knew, like, oh my God, Tiger can do this. Like, we now live in a world where Tiger can win golf tournaments. So that was a huge step. Then he wins the Masters. Obviously, that takes the cake. Um, but now he gets this win in Japan. He ties the record. It's definitely still an emotional win. It's definitely a milestone win for his career. So really, all three wins over the last three seasons or the last 13 months, whichever you want to call it, are uh, they're very significant. And I think each of them uh, in, their own, in their own way. So it'll be interesting to see what happens from here on out. I would say the Zozo Championship is significant because of how Tiger won. This is the most reminiscent of how Tiger won when he was in his prime, right? So Tiger would get out to the big lead, and he would basically lap the field. Now, he did have a two, just a two-shot lead over Matsuyama going into the 72nd hole, ended up birdieing it, getting the three-shot victory, but, you know— 64, the first two rounds, he started off bogey, 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 and then I think he birdied, what, nine out of 13 holes in a stretch in that first round to shoot 64, par 70 at the Zozo Championship. But that's what really struck me about this was Tiger got out in front of the field and just put everyone away, even though Matsuyama had a chance. There was never really a moment during any of this where it felt like Tiger wasn't going to win. He was in control after that first round through the end of the tournament. He was. The thing for me is this kind of comes as a big surprise. Like, I knew he was playing this week. He was in the uh, the Skins game the week before. But I never really thought of, like, oh, my God, is Tiger going to win this week? Like, I didn't care entering the week. And then I saw he shot 64. And it's it's it was such a different tournament because it's in Japan. So they're playing golf, like, in the middle of the night. I'm on the East Coast. I wake up. And there's tweets that are like 90 minutes old that it's like Tiger just put it out on 18 for a 64. And I'm like, it's Wednesday morning. Like what, what round of the tournament is it? What day is it? What, what's happening? And then another 64. And um, yeah, it was just like, okay, so now all of a sudden I'm glued in. Um, so it definitely came out of nowhere, caught me by surprise. He didn't play well at the end of the year. Um, I didn't watch the skins game, Joe, but I, I know he didn't win it. He finished, I don't know, second, third or fourth in that. So um, it wasn't like one of these big weeks with a ton of anticipation. And then, uh, you know, it was just kind of a, kind of a sleeper. Yeah, it was a little bit of a sleeper. The skins game, if we could digress for a second, I followed it on Twitter after the fact, like it wrapped up really, really early on Monday morning, my time. And I just followed it like six hours after it concluded because it took place Monday in Japan. Zozo kicked off. Thursday in Japan, and I just wish this event, I look, I talked a lot of mess about this Skins game going into it, but it seemed like they did a really good job of putting a made-for-TV event together, and I understand that this was an event probably geared toward the Asian audience and the Asian market, and I didn't see the numbers 
I'm sure it was a big success considering you had Tiger, Rory, Jason Day, and Hideki, who's the biggest golf star in Japan. So presumably it was a big success. I kind of wish I had seen a little bit more. From what I saw, Tiger did do enough to grab some skins. But like you said, it's not like he won 12 skins and was dominating that event to a degree. You're like, oh my God, is Tiger going to win a PGA Tour event this week? It kind of snuck up on us, kind of came out of nowhere. And as soon as he shot that 64, kind of seeing the way that he did it, it was, I don't know, I expected him to win the golf tournament. And I want to credit Justin Ray, who golf stat savant on Twitter they researched back, I think it was to the early 80s, Tiger Woods is the only, another record for Tiger, Tiger Woods is the only player to bur- bogey, rather, only player to bogey his first three holes in a PGA Tour event and then win that PGA Tour event. So, wow. incredible stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. It's kind of funny because the skins game, you think about it, and it's like, okay, it's in the middle of October, it's at a time where we don't get much other golf, so we'll be hungry for golf. And then seven days later, Tiger Woods goes and wins the tournament and we'll probably never, it'll never even get brought up again. No, probably not. But, you know, I think they're going to stick with this formula of putting some sort of made for TV golf event together. And they probably should, especially if Tiger's going to continue to participate. So, okay. We do this with Tiger more than anyone else because it's Tiger. We got to do it. He's at 82, needs one more to pass need. Sitting at 15 majors, do you want to hit the majors or the regular PGA Tour events first? Let's start with the regulars first before we hit the majors. Okay. Does Tiger get to 90 PGA Tour wins? I will say yes. Tiger will get to 90. That's eight more, and the pace he's at right now, not even the pace he's at now, but I got to imagine he's going to be playing PGA Tour events for the next dozen years or so. Probably, and he'll probably play in the Masters for the next 20 years. He has yeah. that exemption till he's 65. Um, it's interesting because before this happened, I think our perception of Tiger was, well, look, he had the Masters win. That's fine. He's not going to play very much. He'll play the silly season events like the Zozo, <laughs> collect a few paychecks. He'll captain the uh, President's Cup team. He'll play in the Bahamas. And then we'll see him in the Hawaii swing. This kind of resets my perspective on where he is with everything. Because perhaps he can now go back to where he was of being a guy who plays 16 events a year. And have a chance to compete and win those events. I perceived him as someone who was obviously going to play the majors. Play the World Golf Championship events. You know, he'll play the Torrey Pines. Maybe Pebble kind of the big-name golf courses, courses where he's had a lot of success, and that's pretty much what he's going to do. But Tiger now goes and wins at a place that he's never played before, so it kind of opens my eyes and opens the possibility that Tiger could win a lot more than maybe I was giving him credit that he was able to do. Well, one thing I think to keep in mind is this is an Olympic year. 2020 will be an Olympic year, and I think it's important to Tiger to qualify for the Olympics. So that may be a motivating factor for him to play some more events because I believe – I don't have the, the system in front of me, but I believe it's like the top three or five guys from your country as long as you're in the top maybe 15 or 20, whatever it is in the world. It depends on where you're ranked in your country and in the world. Um, so his world ranking is going to be important. Right now it's at number six. So 
I think that will be a motivating factor. I don't think outside of that or qualifying for Ryder Cup, he's really motivated to play a bunch of events. I think we'd see a schedule like last year where it's, like you said, the majors, the WGCs, the the big ones, and then he'll take time off when he needs it. I don't think he's going to be the kind of guy who shows up and dominates. I think he's going to have weeks where he misses the cut and doesn't compete. But then I think every once in a while he's going to have a good week and he's going to be in contention. He's, I think he's going to be more hit or miss basically than he has been throughout his career. But it's going to be fun because he still has that ability to win. Yeah, the Olympic thing is interesting because in 2016 it was obviously in Rio and you know everyone used Zika as kind Zika, of Zika, man. Out. Nobody wanted to go. But now, nope. they, now they want to go. So uh, 2020 Olympics, it's in Tokyo. Tiger just won a tournament in that stinking country. Yeah. So I'm fairly certain the United States gets four golfers and every other country gets two golfers. So <laughs> that sounds about right. Right. So you're, you're, you're probably either tiger has to really turn it on or you're going to need one of the big names to drop out because well, he's just, six in the world right now. Right. But that's just after a win and he's going to have to perform well in the majors in order to really latch onto one of those spots. Yeah, Brooks. I wonder when the qualifying ends because I wonder if it'll be after all four majors or if there's a cutoff sometime before because that will be a big factor. Well, I'm fairly certain it is because I think this was a factor in why the PG, PGA and the global entities decided to change the major schedule because the last major now being the Open Championship, the Olympics will be in August. And so you go through all the majors. So Tiger will have an opportunity to play well in those four tournaments and boost his world ranking. But... To your point, I think this is going to be an event that people are going to want to play in this time around as opposed to what happened in 2016. So, you know, you got Brooks and DJ. You got to figure they're both going to qualify. And then you probably have two open spots after that. So Tiger does have an opportunity to be in that mix. But if someone like Ricky Fowler, Matt Kuchar, Patrick Reed, if one of those guys or multiple of them, a solid American player, Xander Schauffele. If those guys win majors, it's going to be tough for Tiger to qualify. It is. So I just pulled up the qualification. And you're, you're pretty much right. So you have to be ranked in the top 15 in the world and no more than four athletes per country. So he needs to be in the top 15 in the world and in the top four in the, in the United States. And then there's there's 45 more spots that go to the highest ranked players from countries that don't already have two players qualified. So he's not going to get in from that. He's got to be in the top 15 and in the top four in the U in the USA. Yeah, I mean, I figure the top 15 will be a lot less of a problem than being one of the top four American players. I think it really comes down to who wins the majors. And if those top level American players win majors, it's going to be more difficult for Tiger to pass them. But yeah. Oh, hold that's... on. So the, the, the qualifying ends June 22nd, 2020. Okay. So, so that'll it does not before... take the British Open into account. Yeah. Correct. It'll have the other three. So, yeah. All right. Here we go. It'll be, it'll be really interesting. So, okay. Tiger, you know, like you said, he probably has whew, six to eight years of probably really, really top level golf. And then as he kind of approaches 50, I mean, I think Mickelson, even though he's. <laughs> Not the athlete that Tiger probably is. I think he's a good example of kind of what Tiger's going to look like six years from now, right? Phil is approaching 50. Um, Phil competes in probably, you know, 20, 22 events a year, more than Tiger does right now. But Phil probably has a chance to win 
two or three tournaments a year at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he won in Mexico, so it's not like he doesn't have the opportunity to win. I think he's competed at Pebble a few times, had a good chance, but he's not been a factor in majors for quite a long time. So I think that's kind of your case study for where Tiger's going to be after the next five to six years, barred any sort of injury. Right, for sure. I think I think you're right. So we'll see at that clip if he gets to 90. So I said yes. Do you say yes or no? I say no. Wow. I think he wow. I think he probably I think he probably wins like five to seven more times, but to get eight more PGA tour wins, it's asking a lot. It really is. Like, okay. I'm gonna say he wins probably two more majors. A Masters, maybe a British Open. I don't think Tiger's going to win the U.S. Open again. I'll say that. It just doesn't feel like a tournament that he is built for anymore. Though I got to say, his 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 old man game is very impressive. Like his ability to just kind of slap a fade out there. I mean, slap it. It's still going 310 yards. (laughs) But to slap a fade out there, put the ball on the green, make a lot of putts. It's impressive to see. I just I just don't see Tiger winning a U.S. Open again. Maybe another Masters, maybe a British Open. I mean, do you see him winning three, four more majors and tying Jack and catching him? No, I don't. Seems I, unlikely, I don't, right? Yeah, I don't think he'll do it in the majors. But, I mean, you sat here 13 months ago and convinced me Tiger Woods get to 100. <laughs> and he's done nothing to disprove that so far. I mean, like, he's on pace. He's got two more wins since then. I just think Tiger Woods okay so Tiger Woods is going to be what 43 at the end of the year. He's going to be 44 at the end of the year. December 30th. Tiger Woods Day. Um <laughs> so he's going to go into the 2020 season being a 44-year-old man. Like I get it. Tiger's an incredible athlete, but he's also gone through a lot of physical things. Like I think to say that and I think that a lot of that was probably my enthusiasm for Tiger winning a PGA <laughs> Tour event and not really thinking about the long term. But I just think that to say that he's going to get to 90 presupposes that he'll stay healthy over the next five to six years. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And there'll be times where he's not, but he did just come back from an injury this fall already. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. It will be. I mean, you better believe we'll be watching. And then and then the desire, too. Because, like, Tiger still has tangible things. Like, I think the President's Cup thing is important to him. I think he will name himself as a captain's pick. I think this... He will for sure. He, he has to after this win, right? Yeah, did you see what he said? They asked him about it after, after the win. And they said, did... Uh... Did you did Tiger the player get the attention of Tiger the captain <laughs> with this win? And he said uh, he said something like basically alluded to the fact that he's probably going to pick himself. <laughs> I mean, it's tough not to. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I just, I don't see it happening. And again, I almost hate to have these discussions, even though we sort of have to, because I'm just so appreciative that we're getting this late stage Tiger Woods sort of renaissance. And anytime he competes like this, everything changes. I mean, we put Tiger Woods on the title of this podcast. People are going to listen to it. People want Tiger. It's just a different element and not something you're ever going to get with any other player. It's like, it's, it's, it's the Jordan thing. 
No matter how great LeBron or any other NBA player is, there's only one Jordan. And it's the same thing with Tiger. No matter how great Rory is, if he wins 40 PGA Tour events, 12 majors, it's cool. But it's not Tiger Woods, man. It's, it's just a different element. Yeah. Whether he, get what he, whether he finishes at 82 or 83 or 91 or you know, any other number, it really doesn't matter. It's just awesome that, like you said, this late stage in the game, we get to turn on our TV on Sunday. And a few times a year, Tiger Woods is at the top of the leaderboard. So what do you think about uh, you put primetime finish on here? Yeah, man. Now, this was awesome. This was pre-scheduled. 6.30 p.m. on Sunday, you get to turn on the TV, or 6 o'clock, whatever it was, and Tiger Woods is teeing off with a three-shot lead and seven holes to play. Like, that is how I want to watch my golf. Like, it doesn't interfere with the best part of the day. You know exactly what you're going to get. You don't watch for four hours, and then, you know, Joe Schmo runs away with it. It's, it's turn it on, Tiger's up by three, seven holes. Like, what did it take? An hour, hour and a half for that finish? It was nothing. It was... It was what golf should be for a viewer. It was easy. It was perfect. It, it was awesome. And he got it done. It, it was great. Well, that's why I like what the USGA is doing in regards to the U.S. Open. They're having a lot more West Coast venues. They're putting that. And I don't know how you feel about it on the East Coast, but from my perspective, I love the later finish. Having the leaders tee off at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and they finish at like 8, 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. Like, yeah. from your perspective, is that a little bit – too late because over here on the west coast the best coast i love it yeah no i the later the better for me for golf because it's just if it's three o'clock if, it, if they're finishing at 3 30 on a sunday and it's 75 degrees outside i'm not on my couch i don't unless it's the master unless it's like a major and tigers in contention like i'm i'm not watching that i'm just not so anytime where it's a time where i'm already going to be inside if it's, in the, if it's at night, if it's 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, East Coast, and it's the finish of a tournament, great. Sign me up. Um, one thing I want to talk in relation to Tiger is, and it's sort of a plea to the Golf Channel, because I think they have a really good opportunity right now. And I've seen a little bit of it on Twitter, but I hope we get more of it on our television sets. Because we have this period between now and the start of 2020, where... The Golf Channel puts a lot of programming on of, like, old golf and, like, a lot of Jack Nicholas and Gary Player and Arnold Palmer and that kind of stuff. And that's right in my wheelhouse. I love those things. But they have the opportunity to kind of give a victory lap to Sam Snead in a sense. And I hope that they do that. Because I think it's a name that gets thrown around a lot, but... It's not someone that the casual golf fan really knows much about other than he's got the cool swing, he's got the hat, he's won a lot of PGA Tour events, yada, yada, yada. But there's a lot of cool footage of him being an old man golfer that I really hope to take advantage of. This is someone who finished third in the U.S. Open at age 62. He did side saddle putting for a long time. He's a really interesting guy, and I know there's a lot of footage out there from the 60s and 70s when he was competing against Nicholas as an old man. There's stuff from the 40s. There's a lot of cool, like, old black-and-white instructional videos. I really hope they take advantage of this period in which Tiger and Sneed are above everybody else, like, in conjunction with each other, and that they put a lot of Sam Sneed stuff and material out there. He's a fascinating golfer. It's arguably the most beautiful swing in the history of golf. 
They did a Tiger Sneed side by side, which was incredible just because of how much farther Sneed took the club back compared to Tiger because you had to with those old wooden things. <laughs> I just think it's a really good opportunity to give Sam Sneed some love. For sure. We will find out if the Golf Channel execs are listeners of At the Turn. Damn it, they should be. They should be. So, Joe, carrying on what I was saying about the primetime finish, it got me thinking a little bit, which is dangerous. But do you think if the PGA Tour were invented right now, and there was starting from scratch, that the heart of the season would be in the winter? Like, I think that would be a great idea. Because to have all of your tournaments played in the summer when people are out and about and daytime finishes, like I said, people who are like to watch golf and like to play golf, probably going to be out playing golf. But obviously, they can go places in the world on the tour where it's warm year-round. They could have the heart of their season over the months where people are stuck inside and you know there's not a lot of other sports going on. Yeah, you have the NFL on Sundays, but you could, if you're starting from scratch, schedule it however you wanted, and then you could nitpick those primetime finishes and pick your day of the week and, and kind of manipulate the schedule a little bit more. I like it in theory. Okay. It sounds great because right. I, I love all these tournaments in Asia this time of year. I love that the LPGA Tour is going to be over there as well doing their thing. It's great to watch golf, especially when it's snowy outside and it's like 40 degrees in Portland and it's just windy as hell. It's miserable outside. So having a way to satiate golf, that itch that you have during the winter by having great events on TV, I think is fabulous. Couple things with your idea, though. Okay. You're basically saying that the PGA Tour, the main tour, would be a jet setting enterprise. They're going to be in Johannesburg in December. They're going to be in Shanghai in January. They're going to be all yeah. over the world. So, yeah, man. It's go worldwide. Great. They a already big, go worldwide, Joe. But a big part of the PGA Tour is not those top 15, 20 guys, not the DJs, not the Rickies, not the Bubbas, but like the Brian Gays. Guys like that, guys that are scratching and clawing to keep their card. And if those tournaments aren't in Chicago, aren't in Miami, aren't drivable distances from each other, you wouldn't have the same element, the same feeder system to get in the PGA Tour event. You don't have Monday qualifying in the same way that you do right now. And also, uh, look, the weather's bad in the winter here, Nick. It's not great in a lot of places. So I don't really know how you would have the bulk of the PGA Tour season take place, say, October to February. And I also think the PGA Tour doesn't want to compete with football. Right. They don't want to compete, compete with football. But what if it was November through March? I mean, you're really, there's no baseball. Football's ending. There's a good chance your Cowboys and my Lions are out of it by then. So no, no, need, to, <laughs> no need to pay attention to that. Um, it, it's, we don't need to bring the logic into it with the Monday qualifiers, Joe. I mean, come on. We got a President's Cup in Australia in December, and I don't know what time of day that's going to be on, but I guarantee if I'm awake when it's on and there's snow on the ground and it's dark outside because it's dark 16 hours a day in December, then I'm going to be tuning into the President's Cup. And 
we just don't get much of that. And I would be way more excited to watch golf in February, March, January. I mean, I already love watching it. The Sony Open in Hawaii when it's on, again, prime time in the East Coast. There's the Hawaii swing. I love it. No, it's great. And, you know, I think if you had kind of like the Asian swing right now, if you had like a South African swing, Mm -hmm. an Australia swing, uh, a Singapore swing, you know, whatever the case may be where you can bundle like three weeks together of events, then perhaps you do get some of that Monday qualifying element of local players. You know, you get the Australia players and the South African players, some of the Asian players with an opportunity to get some cred on the PGA Tour and kind of build up their resume. So I like it from that perspective. If we're taking logic out of the equation, I love the idea. If we're being based in reality, it's absolutely ridiculous. Fair enough. But I like where your head's at. Keep these thoughts coming. I like it. And look, if you want to blast Nick, if you want to say it's a great idea, whatever you want to do, hit us up on Twitter at at the turn pod. Find us there. Um, should we switch to our boy, Mr. Kim? Yeah. Okay, what happened? So in episode 49 of At the Turn, <laughs> we, we told you that B.O. Kim was suspended for three years for flipping the, just for an innocent an innocent flipping off of the fan. Yeah, who, did he murder someone, Nick? <laughs> no, you'd think he might have. However, that suspension has been reduced to just one year. My God. Still a year? I know. That was my that was my second reaction. My first reaction was, oh, that's so great. And then my second reaction was, still, that's ridiculous. Like, if they announced it was a one-year suspension, we'd be up in arms. But only since it was a bait-and-switch, where they started with three years, and now they dropped it down to one, that supposedly makes it okay. Which it, it kind of does, because if you think about it like this, it's not as much of a career killer. Like, you can miss a year and come back and and be fine. Missing three years, that's a whole other problem. I mean, I would argue that a year is still pretty bad for the old career, bad for the pocketbook as well. This guy got to go work at, uh, you know, the Piggly Wiggly and bad groceries for like a year? Yeah, it's it's not like he's on the PGA Tour where he's he's just got six figures stashed in the bank. I mean, he's on on a feeder tour where he's he's looking, living tournament to tournament. Okay, so let's, let's take it from this tact. If you were the head of, uh, discipline for the Korea tour. Um, what would be your penalty? So for those that aren't familiar, basically what this guy did was he was leading a tournament down the stretch. He hit his tee shot. He immediately looked back to the, the uh, patron behind him who distracted him or whatever, flipped him the bird and he got the three year suspension now reduced to a year. So Nick, if you were in charge of the governing bodies of the Korea tour, and this was your decision, what is an appropriate punishment for him? I mean, like, two-week suspension. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, basically next to nothing. Maybe yeah. a very small fine and uh, a public apology, which he did. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, really next to nothing. I don't know if he should even be suspended for literally one tournament. Like, <laughs> they catch Tiger and Bubba dropping F-bombs and, you know, acting a fool out there. This guy flips a bird. Look, it's not great, but to affect his livelihood, I just think is insane. I hope he makes it. I hope he he comes back, and I hope he gets comeback player of the year in, in the 2022-23 season or whatever it is. 
Yeah, whoever is in charge of rules in the Korean tour, you're you're doing a bad job. You're you're doing. A, I hope you're listening, and you're doing a bad job. Um, what else do we have today? Brooks withdrew. Brooks withdrew from the CJ Cup, which mm. I thought was a little bit different than withdrawing from a, an event in the United States because you make all that effort to go overseas to this tournament and then withdraw. Um, any red flags for you, or it's October, nobody cares? That, yeah. I mean, he was defending champ, so perhaps he shouldn't have played to begin with, and he tried to give it a go, and something got tweaked, something was, was, was worse than he thought it was, and he decided to pack it in. I'm not concerned with Brooks. Brooks doesn't care about tournaments that aren't majors. I don't care about tournaments that aren't majors, unless Tiger's winning. So, Brooks, we'll see you in April, baby. Have a great Christmas. Pump that iron. Remember your girlfriend's name. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> what, what is that a reference to? Uh, it's a reference to uh, Joe Buck. When he won his first U.S. Open, Joe Buck called his current girlfriend his ex-girlfriend's name on the air. Oh, no. You didn't catch that? No. Oh, yeah, it was a thing. For oh, my God. I know, right? Pretty bad. So, yeah, I mean, are you worried about this? No. Just but noteworthy. Just, but it, yeah, noteworthy because he made all the effort to go over there. You know what I mean? Like, if, if it was an event in your hometown and, you, you know, you, you play nine holes, you say, no, nah, I can't do it. It's a different, different story. But he, he went overseas. So that, that's the only reason I brought it up. Um, Nick, what, um, what's our next landmark on the golf calendar? Is it the President's Cup? That's all the way in December. Yeah, I mean, uh, World Golf Championship coming up. Okay. As Nick furiously Googles. I, I know, I'm like. Uh, I, no, look, sure. I want to tell people that At The Turn is now on Spotify. It's now on Google Play. Our footprint is expanding. We've now got our 50th episode is nearly complete. Yeah, Joe, let me ask you this. We're on episode 50. Tiger sits at 82. You... <laughs> Go on. Who's getting, to, who's getting to triple digits? You already said you don't, th <laughs> you don't think Tiger's getting to 90. So, Well, let's see. I'm trying to think of our pace. So it took us about, what, two and a half years to get to 50 what, episodes? What, when will we pass Tiger? <laughs> Maybe that's a better question. I hope we have the longevity to pass Tiger Woods' win total. I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, 50 in two and a half years, but... It's not a lot. <laughs> That's really all there is to it. <laughs> if it doesn't sound like a lot, you're right. <laughs> what did you find on the schedule? Anything? Uh, a, a blank page. No, we, blank we, page. We, we did not find the answer to this World question. For error. Yeah, page does exa not, exactly. not exist. That's okay. Look, we'll find something to talk about. The handicap golf season is wrapping up. That's something I want to break down and mm. talk about, actually. Is... So, the, new, the new system. Yes, we should. Can you find one of your uh, your colleagues there who can actually explain what is happening and we can break down? So, okay. First you of all, want to get a, me, world, just, a world handicapping system episode? There's going to be a world handicapping system episode. We're going to break it down. Seven people are going to enjoy that a great deal. It's going to be our lowest rated episode, but I want to learn about it. Let me just ask you this question. I don't know if you know it or not. Will my handicap go up or down because it's a new system? Do you know? It will go down. It will look like you are a better golfer. Hell yeah. That, you know what? I don't Just care. by a little bit. Fine. Yeah. That sounds, sounds yeah, great. Absolutely. 
any tenth of a stroke that my handicap is reduced, it's great. Hey, okay. Perfect question to wrap things up. Handicapping season ends in a couple weeks. I probably maybe have one more round of post. I'm, I'm probably done for the year. I would assume you're probably in the same boat. Yeah, I think I played my last round of the year uh, last weekend. I mean, I, I we'll see, but most likely. So how was the 2019 golf season? Did your handicap go up or down? Um, it was not great. I think it probably went up overall. For, I don't know what it was at the start of the year, but I, my last round was my best round of the year. The first round I broke 90 this year. Hell so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got it off. I got it off the radio dial, Joe. So uh, I think I'm gonna go out <laughs> on that. <laughs> Congratulations! Mine is literally the same. I started at five point seven. I ended five point seven. Wow! Just, just it's treading water, Joe. That basically just just stay in a flow. <laughs> hey, yeah. thank you so much for joining us on episode fifty of At the Turn. We will come back with a full handicap breakdown. Hold on to your butts for that one. Again, At the Turn now on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Ham Radio, 8-Track, Record, anything else? I think that's it. That's about it. Hey, promo code Mulligan, M-U-L-L-I-G-A-N. Somehow I've spelled that right every time I've tried. Go to vicegolf.com. Use that promo code. Free shipping anywhere in the United States. Sorry, Canada. You're going to have to pay for that shipping. Nick, before we tie a bow in episode 50, do you have anything else? No, that's 50 episodes, Joe. We should uh, we should crack a cold one after this. I like it. I will. I'm going to... Uh, I am going to crack a cold one after this. That sounds there nice. You go. Let's go. Okay. Me too. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Enjoy. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.